Welcome back, Intimates. Thanks for your support on Patreon, making this 2021 season possible. This podcast is about all things intimate, relationships, love, connection, community, consensual non-monogamy, kink, orgies, lovers, and of course, good old-fashioned sex. I talk with old friends and even meet some new ones. I interview people from all walks of life, from recovered addicts to counselors, sex partners to perfect strangers. I'd like to thank my hosts, the Musqueam First Nation, as this podcast is recorded on their unceded ancestral territory, where I was born, where I work, and where I currently live and play. So settle in for an intimate conversation. After a fall damaged her shoulder and she needed surgery to fix it, Billy has waited 18 months so far due to various complications. Today, we talk about the stresses of chronic stress, the ways that impacts your body, strategies, and symptoms. We also talk about medical testing and briefly explain what POTS is. Got it! It sounds uh, well-tailored to your environment. I'm just like, this is fun. I'm just like... Uh, I'm crazy. Oops, my bad. I don't think you're crazy. I think you're probably dealing with a lot, though. Just like, but it was so. I I almost I almost didn't know what to do because like, I'm not a parent, so I don't know if it's okay for me to start yelling at someone about toxic masculinity at the pool. And actually, here, <laughs> maybe maybe you know if I should have intervened or not because there was this little boy. And his dad was like yelling at him to jump in the pool. And he was like scared, shaking scared, shaking. And he's like, stop being such a little scaredy cat. Just jump in like from the side of the pool into like the, a deeper spot. Okay. And then he like slid in and he was like shaking. And I like took my headphone out and I almost did something. But then how is the dad gonna receive that from the purple haired nose ring tattooed, obviously, left-leaning yeah (laughs) sassy hat wearing girl in a dinosaur dinosaur bikini at the pool honestly i didn't know what to do i I, didn't know what to do so i'm not a parent i should qualify it with that i did experience a lot of toxic masculinity growing up and i think so long as you're not worried about your physical safety because you're you know you're in a public space it is a regulated space like there are lifeguards and shit it's yeah. less about how the dad receives it and more about how the yeah. boy receives it. And having I, that validation in a moment of crisis can be invaluable to kids. Yeah. Yeah. I should have done something. Well, I, I don't mean to say that it's like you could have done something, right? In future, you could choose to do something as well if you feel safe. I was just like, uh, and then like he had an older daughter too. And I'm like, what kind of crap are you instilling in that poor girl's head? Oh God. Well, and the best part is, if you had, like, intervened, she would have been like, wow, I want, maybe, maybe, right? I have no idea. Maybe yeah. she would have been like, wow, I want to stand up for my brother like that. That lady with the purple hair is so cool. I'm going to get purple hair just to piss off my dad. But, like, he, like, was kept swimming up to me, and I kept smiling at him and being like, hey, kid, like, it's good. You're good. Like, smiling and giving the thumbs up and being like, you're good. Like, And he just kept swimming closer and, like, kind of being by me. And I was like, you're okay. And at first, the first thing he said is, like, I don't want to splash the lady. And I'm like, That's your adorable. kid is trying to be, like, respectful of me. And he's like, it's a pool. It's going to happen. <laughs> like, listen to this guy. Like, Jesus. Oh. I was just like, 
Oh, I'm so sick of this. I'm so sick of this attitude. And I'm just like, I just want to take this kid, but that's kidnapping. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, that's legitimate. But I, like, wanted to turn around and just, like, literally be like, you're toxic. Your child does not need this. Like, holy crap. He was, yeah. It's like, you already have a good kid who's considerate. And, I mean, we don't know much more about this character in the story, but he seems really considerate and, like, in need of some, like, support and validation, or at least benefiting from some. Yeah, like, the kid is like, I don't want to splash her. Like, your kid has manners? Your kid is scared? What is wrong with you? (laughs) Like, I'm just, like, blown away. Like, oh, I don't know. Well, while I'm making up backstories for these characters that might as well be fictional to me... Um, I am pretending that this person's name is like Mike and that he is divorced and currently has custody of his kids. Um, but that they're learning manners and how to respect women from their mom. Probably. That is my, that is my fictional It was probably just like his one day. He probably just got like, he was probably just like, it was probably his visitation day and he probably just got them to... Yeah, that makes me feel better about it. <laughs> <laughs> but at least I, my my niece has finally moved back from Japan, so I finally got niece time, and it's so nice, and it's been such a break from all this horrible stuff in the world, and there's nothing more amazing than when, like, an adorable little girl looks up in your eyes and goes, I love you lots, Auntie BD. Aww. And you're just like... <gasps> And then you just get, like, the most ridiculous kiss on the mouth that's, like, basically a makeout, and you're like, whoa, okay, thank you for that. <laughs> you're, like, you're like, too far, kid, too far. It's like, you just, you just ate my face, but thank you. Yeah. It's so cute, because, like, the younger one, she can only say BD. Like, that's cute. <laughs> my older niece says Billy, but it's so adorable. But the younger one sometimes calls me uncle, and I'm like, that's okay. I'm fine with it. My um, youngest niece calls me my brother's name, uncle, uncle, and then my brother's name, instead Aww. of instead of Uncle Victor. So she occasionally just gets me mixed up with her only other brown uncle, and I'm like, I just start calling her by her sister's name. <laughs> <laughs> that works. Because I'm petty like that, apparently. No, it's actually, um, it's useful, because she's like... I'm not that. I'm not my sister. And I'm like, yeah, I'm not my brother either. And she's like, oh. Okay. She, yeah, and she like takes a second to think about it and is like, and then goes back to calling me uncle, my brother's name. And I'm like, hey. Um, but yeah. she, she does eventually figure it out and start calling me by my name, which is nice. Yeah, it's, it's so cute. She's just like, uncle. And I'm like, I'm not a boy. And then she's like, I'm confused. And I'm like, and then she's like, uncle! And I'm like, alright, that's, that's fine. But she also speaks Japanese, so I get it. Like, Sure, sure. It's probably just like, you guys are throwing too many words at me. Just like, give me a minute here. Yeah. Oh, I, I was saying it's uh, interesting because Japanese has a lot of um, gender terms for like different ages and different statuses. So like, I don't think the framework is foreign, but I suppose if she isn't super used to speaking no, English... Like- yeah, because sometimes she switches back to Japanese speaking with me, and then I'm like, "Cute." 
Nina, you lost me, honey. <laughs> and then she just like stares at me, and I'm just like, I wish I understood you, but I don't. <laughs> but then she realizes, and then she switches back, and then she's like, oh, right. Oh, silly white auntie. <laughs> <laughs> Ah, oh, useless. Not bilingual. I'm like, I know. I'm sorry. I wish I could learn Japanese quicker. <laughs> Maybe I should go and learn it for you. Oh, that's so adorable. Sweet. I love them so much. Yeah. Oh, I'm going to be buying them ukuleles. Oh, my mm -hmm. God. That's perfect. Mm-hmm. Yep. I barely made it like three seconds in the door with my ukulele the other day before they made me pull it out and sit down, and I had to sing Let It Go from Frozen. Oh, it's so cute. Yep. Oh, it was great. It was so good. Oh, no, it oh. got me thinking about Frozen 2, but uh, trying to keep yep. myself on track. So I thought we would title this episode Waiting for Ortho. Okay. Um, because you're waiting for orthopedic surgery, right? Yep. So, orthopedic surgery. So you're waiting for your ortho. And I figured if you never quite get to the like post-op stage... Um, then it's kind of like waiting for Godot. <laughs> but it's significantly less clever now that I've had to explain it. <laughs> I get it. Um, so, yeah. So you've been waiting for surgery for, what, 18 months, you said? I think it's that now. Well, I mean, I fell in August of 2019, but I didn't really get referred until October, and then I didn't get my MRI until... March of 2020. Mm -hmm. And then, of course, March of 2020, the world shut down. <laughs> right. <laughs> and that's when we realized the significance of my damage. Right. Um, but that's also when the first ortho realized that she was not equipped to handle the severity of my case. That's so rough. The Ehlers-Danlos syndrome. Yeah. Yeah. So that's when she decided that she was going to send me off to the next ortho, who I didn't get to actually meet and talk with until October. Or sorry, no. No, no, no that was no, August as well. And then so that was a phone appointment. So then I didn't actually get to see her until later. <laughs> Right. And then that's when she decided, okay, yes, let's let's try and start getting surgery going. And of course, with um, COVID, every OR time was very, very significantly reduced because um, the hospitals were very overwhelmed for a long time. Um, so when they did start deciding that they were going to do surgery on me, uh, that's when they started trying to find time to book but at that time I had finally been referred to a neurologist about my POTS and trying to get that under control. Do you so want to this... do you want to explain oh. what POTS is to folks? Yes, absolutely. So POTS is postural orthostatic tachycardia syndrome, which falls under the umbrella of dysautonomia. And what dysautonomias are are um, autonomic disorders. So what those are is your autonomic system is what's responsible for anything that is kind of what's involuntary. So things that control your blood pressure, your heart rate, 
breathing, anything that you don't really think about. So what <laughs> POTS does is basically it's all in the title there, postural being when I am upright, um, well, postural orthostatic upright tachycardia syndrome. So when I'm up, my heart beats too fast. Um, and so, and it comes with a bunch of other things too, temperature regulation issues. I sweat a lot, which is really enjoyable. Um, <laughs> and I have also blood pressure issues with it, which typically doesn't come with POTS. It's usually falls under other dysautonomia issues. So I'm kind of in a bit of a gray area there in which I might have other um, dysautonomia as well. But awesome. um, so we're, we're kind of trying to figure out what's going on with me. So in, in January, I had um, January of this year, I finally had a tilt table test where they literally strap you to a table and tilt you. So I had to go off all of my other meds that were previously controlling um, my POTS. And I got uh, 10 minutes into what's usually almost an hour-long test before they had to call it off because I was reacting so badly. Um, my heart rate was jumping up to 170 at only a 60-degree tilt out of what they should get me to 90. Wow. Um, yeah. And so they decided to call off the test, and I was confirmed <laughs> to have POTS. Obviously, that was a positive <laughs> result. <laughs> and so that, since then, we've been trying to get that under control with meds, but we've had to start some and stop some since then. Um, and with that, they also decide, decided to uh, request an MRI for my neck just to make sure I wasn't having any instability in my neck. Mm-hmm. Of course, in BC, it does take a while to get an MRI. Um, and since my neck can have effect on what's going on with my shoulders, this MRI request put a halt to my surgery again. Mm-hmm. Right. <laughs> so my surgery got called off until this MRI got completed. <laughs> again, everything got canceled. I it was supposed to be set in April, but because I couldn't get an MRI, everything was canceled. That's uh, so rough. <laughs> and I was very upset by this. I got the call when I was in a dentist's office and started crying. Oh, I'm so <laughs> that was sorry. A awkward. Yeah. Um, I pulled it together within about like 30 seconds, though, because I'm kind of just used to that. I think I disappointment. Like, I'm upset. Just kidding. I think this. Um, but yeah, it's just one of those things where when you're chronically ill and you have multiple doctors and multiple teams, they just kind of have to keep calling each other and keep pulling everything together. Right. Um, and so, uh, and it was actually my anesthesiologist when he was pulling all of this information, he like started calling my neurologist's office and finding all of this out and pulling this all together. So I'm really thankful for him because he is honestly the most thorough and most amazing doctor I have ever spoken to in my life. Mm-hmm. And I am just honestly in awe of him. He's called me so many times at like 8 o'clock at night, 
reading my charts. He has called my mother because we have a genetic uh, condition that mm-hmm. can make anesthetic very dangerous. So oh, that's fun. That brings in a whole other issue as well. Yeah, that sounds especially shitty given how much you probably need to be under anesthetic. At this point, how many months had it been that you'd been waiting? Okay, so that's well, that's August till now, I guess. Mm-hmm. So it's, it's, I guess it's honestly since my fall, it's been two years. Oh my god! Since my fall, that's brutal. Yeah. So you had a fall. So in, you so seriously my, fucked up your shoulder. And you needed surgery, and it's been two years where you haven't been able to get surgery because you have so many complicating situations. Yep. We should talk about chronic stress. <laughs> so, Literally. for people listening, signs and symptoms of chronic stress include um, this is just from like Pfizer's random blog um, forgetting things or having trouble concentrating, fatigue or experiencing too much or too little sleep. Irritability, sexual dysfunction, headaches, or other pains throughout the body, stiffness in the muscles, particularly the jaw or neck, digestive issues like diarrhea, constipation, or nausea, and a use of a substance, so using alcohol or drugs to relax. Um, Well, I definitely have horrible sleep issues, that's for Mm -hmm, sure. mm But that also is a combination of my POTS as well. Do you... I think I go oh, to sleep at like 3 a.m., 4 a.m. every night. Mm-hmm. Well, that's until about three weeks ago when I started the floor enough. Now I just fall asleep all the time. <laughs> <laughs> and the funny thing is, is when I started the floor enough, they warned me that I might get insomnia. And I was like, oh, no, I already have insomnia. I go to sleep at like 5 a.m. every morning. And right. they were like, oh... Okay, and I was like, I hope it doesn't get any worse, because then I just won't sleep ever again. And now, literally, I'm falling asleep all the time. <laughs> and I'm like, this is the exact opposite of what they said they were, that was going to happen, and I'm actually kind of okay with it, because I was not sleeping for months, and now I'm sleeping. And I'm kind of just really okay with that right now. That's awesome. I'm happy to hear you're sleeping. Me too, actually. Very, I'm very okay with sleeping. Oh man, these tips for managing chronic stress. Yeah, I mean, they're good tips. They don't always apply if you're not able-bodied. <clears throat> but like the number one is obviously to get active, to do any kind of activity, even just walking for 10 to 15 minutes a day. They suggest any kind of cardio or aerobic activity like jogging, dance, or swimming. Um, they suggest Tai Chi and relaxation exercises, learning yoga or meditation, or just breathing exercises, prioritizing sleep. I find that sometimes when I'm really stressed, I deprioritize sleep and that actually exacerbates the issue. Yeah, I, I, I can tend to do that because I'm like, but I want to amuse myself with things that make me happy mm-hmm. and sleep's going to get in the way of that because mm-hmm. I want to do things instead like play video games because video games make me happy totally. if i sleep i can't play video games well and it's a balancing act too between like my quality of life was so shitty and i'm finally starting to feel a little okay 
And I know that if I stay up and play video games, I'll get some of that much needed, like, relaxation time where I get to not think about it and not be anxious, not have to deal with it. But the flip side is that I'm going to feel shitty when I try and go to sleep because I'll have used up this like brief window of like decent quality of life. Um, and then I'm not going to get the sleep I need and the cycle perpetuates itself. Yeah, exactly. Um, they say focus on what you can change. I'm like, okay, yeah, that's, that's pretty good. That's a good tip. Yeah. They also say, give yourself some grace. It's okay. If your patient slips, like yeah yeah self-kindness self-compassion very helpful they also say avoid self-isolation like good advice again yeah that's a tough one it's absolutely easy to start to oh so self-isolate especially during a pandemic situations yes it's like how do you determine like the distinction between like i'm self-isolating versus no it just sucks right now and that's something i can't control versus like this is something i can control and i really need to reach out to people it's like as long as it still feeds your cup to have online interactions with people and that varies person to person. Yeah, absolutely. And that's one thing I found in, and that's one thing I was talking about with my friend yesterday as I went out and had a nice little, little picnic day with my friend yesterday. Mm-hmm. And we were talking and we're all planning to go to a, um, see Bianca Del Rio in March. Super excited. <laughs> um, and I'm, planning on having a friend come over from the island and she's like oh how do you know this person and I'm like actually I met her from a video game online group and she's like oh well have you met her in person before and I'm like not yet but we talk every day and she's like oh she's like yeah well I don't really do the social media thing and I was like well I I'm like I actually do like all the time and I was like and like honestly it started from a chat group and we both actually left the chat group because we didn't really like anyone else in it but (laughs) from the two of us we it turns out we're almost exactly the same both have like dyed hair we have really really similar backgrounds um they're almost exactly the same job um say all the exact same things it's it's almost scary how similar me and this girl are (laughs) like doppelganger style (laughs) and it's like kind of amazing and it's just like one of those things where if i didn't do stuff like that i wouldn't find people like this right and i don't know like i love the internet for that and because I'm chronically ill, I don't know, I I don't get to go out and, and meet people that way and, and meet people, I don't know, I guess organically in those situations and having online relationships and, and stuff like that is a huge thing for me. And because of that, I've made this super really good friend and it's so and I got her into Drag Race by chance, <laughs> and she's just like, I love this. Thank you for showing me this. And now now she's obsessed with Bianca Del Rio, and I was like, would you want to go? And she's like, um, yes, please. Can I please? And I was like, yes, 100% you can. I'd love for you to come over. Awesome. <laughs> and meet my friends and go to this with us. And, yeah, and she's just like, well, that's awesome. She's like, of course she can come, like, my my friend here. And I was just like, she's like, I, she's like, that's awesome that you do the online thing. She's like, I just never have. But I'm like, but you know what? Of course, that's fine that it's not for you, but it's amazing what you can find online, like support groups, friends, like 
this girl from the island, she's like chronically ill as well. And like, she's absolutely amazing. I'm like, I'm so glad that I found a friend like her. Mm-hmm. And it's super exciting. Yeah, that sounds like a really good way to reach out and find that social connection when you are feeling isolated. It can be super hard to find people who understand. Yeah, for sure. So I'm really happy for you that you have someone who's similar enough that they just like really get it. Yeah, absolutely. Okay. Well, that's all I really wanted to say about managing chronic stress. Did you have anything else to add? No, I, I think that touches on the basics. But yeah, it's just like making sure that you're aware of the signs in, in yourself as well mm-hmm. and, and like mitigating those situations. Knowing your breaking because, point. Yeah, because uh, like massive amounts of cortisol are bad for you <laughs> in many, many ways. Spoilers, chronic stress does not lead to a happy long life. No, no, it does not. Well, thank you so much for being on the show. Thank you so much for having me. So how did you like it, Intimates? Discuss your ideas with the community at facebook.com slash intimatevictor. You can tweet me at intimatevictor. You can follow me on Instagram at intimatevictor. Pretty easy, right? If you can spare the cost of a cup of coffee to help the show keep going head to patreon.com slash victor salmon we hugely appreciate your help to continue making intimate conversations for you and yours if not you can always help other intimacy nerds find the podcast by leaving us a good review anywhere online especially itunes the opening music is on hold for you made of algorithmically generated notes and chords and played by an ai saxophonist this closing music is Gymnopédie, number one by Eric Satie. Both are provided royalty-free courtesy of Kevin McLeod at Incompetech.com. Thanks so much for your time, and may your most important relationships be filled with intimate interactions. Be well.